It was a warm summer night in July of 2005 when a young boy decided to attend a youth event at his church. Now, you see, this same young boy had grown up in that same church his whole life. And there was not a Sunday where he and his family were not at church. And they sat up in the balcony like good Methodists. Shout out to my people in the back. And growing up in the church, he was baptized as an infant, memorized Bible verses, went to Sunday school, vacation Bible school, and he did his absolute best to listen to the preacher go on and on and on and on. And as he got a little bit older, he wanted to get involved in the life of his church and begin serving, you know, because that's what Christians do. And he began by serving as an acolyte and then was promoted to a greeter and an usher. And when he was old enough, he even ran the soundboard and the TV cameras. When he was old enough to go through confirmation, you can bet his name was the first one on the list. This boy knew everything there was about being a Christian by the time he was 12. But as this boy started to attend youth group, because that's also what Christians do, he started to learn that being a Christian meant a whole lot more than just what we do on Sundays. Instead, it's about living our lives every moment of every day for Jesus Christ. And it is almost backwards of the way the world tells us we should live. And along that time when he was having those thoughts, that was around that same warm July night in 2005, at that youth event when a man came from out of town, a man by the name of Jared Jones, and he came and he preached about living a backwards life. And he shared that going through the motions of our faith doesn't make you a Christian, it doesn't make you a believer either. He said this, Jesus is totally backwards to the world. Rather than focusing on his own desires, he lived and loved everyone else. He preached lessons that seem contradictory to what the world teaches us. He said things like die to live or lose to gain or perhaps the craziest of them all, love your neighbor as yourself. He then asked a question that changed that young boy's life forever. He said, is it possible to follow in Jesus' footsteps today? Can people live out a faith that means something in a culture that is so focused on self? You see, friends, in Mark, the 12th chapter, Jesus shakes up the world when he says this. I think we'll be able, all be able to follow along. He said, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel. He tells him, he tells him again, the Lord our God is is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all of your strength. We've heard this, right? He said, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor As yourself, no commandment is greater than these. In these two sentences, Jesus gave all of us the key to life. Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, and Christian bookstores across America have aisles and aisles of books written by authors attempting to answer the question, what is the point of life? Have we seen these books? 
I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but how many of us have bought those books? You go to my office, i got plenty of them if you want to borrow them. There are thousands of books out there about self-help and self-esteem and self-love and self-health. Do you see a common pattern in all of that? The word self. But think about this. Maybe the reason there are so many of those books for every age and every type of person and every walk of life is because they aren't working. They never truly satisfy that mysterious and that strong craving within each of us for something better, for something more in our lives or something perfect, do they? You finish a book and... You maybe change for a day or two, but then you're back to your old self, the old ways, until the next great book comes along. But what I want to point out in that passage from Mark is in that greatest commandment, Jesus doesn't mention one word about self. As a matter of fact, he pointed in the opposite direction of self, and I'm convinced that if Jesus lived in America today, we wouldn't find a self-help book authored by him. I don't think Jesus would host his own Sunday morning talk show where people could call in and he would fix their problems. Jesus and his teachings and his preachings were the direct opposite of our self-worship. You see, we've got a good handle on self-matter, self-help, and self-love. But what we don't have a handle on is what we're actually designed for. You see, Jesus' commands to love your God and your neighbor as yourself is what we're designed for. It's what we're created for. And Jesus' answer is not the love of self, but the love of God first and the love of your neighbor second. That is the key to that freedom, that what am I supposed to be living for? It's right there. Jesus gives it to us in black and white. It's the key to our fulfillment and our purpose The key is that we are not made for self, but rather we're each made for God and meant to give our lives and our time and our efforts and our love to other people. If you haven't put the clues together from our early story yet, let me let you in on a little secret. That young boy at the youth event in the warm summer night of 2005 was me. On that night, I realized that I still had to make my own decision to follow Jesus Christ and to pick up my cross daily. I had to recognize that it wasn't my grandparents' decision, it wasn't my parents' or even my best friend's. It was my decision, it was on me, and I decided that night that I was going to commit my life to living for Jesus Christ every day, that I was going to begin living the backward life. Have you made that decision to living your life every day for Christ? Have you given your life to Christ before? But let me tell you something else. When I made that decision, I expected my life to get so much easier. Maybe I feel a few heads nodding. I give my life to Christ. I become a Christian, and I think everything's going to be better. God's going to sort out all the messes in my life. And now me, the new beautiful Christian, is ready to go and change the world. But that wasn't the case at all, at least not for very long. It's almost as something started to point out all the flaws in my life, all of the sin in my life. And it started to point out to me that I don't know if I'm worthy to be called God's servant. 
I no longer felt like I was good enough because I knew some of the junk in my life, some of the sin in my life was rendering me incapable to be a good disciple. Maybe you felt that way too. For a few months, I even felt unworthy of claiming the title of Christian. And then someone showed me this. Someone showed me what it means to actually live a backward life. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, (laughs) but I want to be his masterpiece. I want to be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh, why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh, okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. Well, gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did? <sighs> yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. <laughs> Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Wait, wait, what are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hey, God. Mm-hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running, I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward. But I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe four to five, maybe eight lines right here. That would be awesome. You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. The platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, You compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Time out. (laughs) I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. Hang on a second. I mean, I, I got to admit, I, mean, I feel like you've been doing some great work and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? 
I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends, and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um, it's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here and then, you That's know. That's just it, you never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things or life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish. It's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever going to hear is at the end of your life when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize, heavenward. Oh, that hurts. Oh, trust me, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't. Talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years, these empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Um, allow me to produce character when you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not oh, my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child, in the beginning, I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah, but you and I both. What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um. I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. Chisel away. But just, just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror, and I hate who I see. Because deep inside there, this, this, this little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult, 
And I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not from me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just meant, God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on. It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying. It's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh, my God. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times. Did I hear you say you want to use me? And I feel so useless. If you'll take me and use me, then God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a, as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you, but maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece.
You see, friends, what we really need to do is take our eyes off me, 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 and gaze upon the cross. You see, the cross is the key to impossible possibilities in our lives. We have to admit with all of who we are that we need Jesus. Because we believe that Jesus died on the cross and three days later he rose from the dead. Salvation from that self and from that sin was given to us freely if we believe. To put it plainly, through the cross of Jesus Christ, we find God's love for each of us. Each and every one of us made public. On the cross, we are rescued from that sin, from death, in that prison of ourself. At the cross is where you and I find the world-shaking power to live a backward life. The life that each of us were designed for. And I know this to be true. 1 John 4.19 says this. One of the shortest but sweetest verses in all of the Bible. We love because he loved us first. God is the greatest lover, the infinite lover, the backward lover, the first lover, and the last lover of each of us. We don't love God. You see, God loves us. The love we have takes, the love God has gives. You never loved God first because God has always loved you, long before even you knew what love was. And if you're in your pew today or watching from home and you're thinking to yourself, I'm ready to make a change in my life. I'm ready to begin living my life for Christ. I, I want to commit to living for him daily. You can do that. Or if you've been living in what feels like a desert or a valley for a long time and you are tired. Know that today you have the chance to recommit your life to living for Christ instead of yourself, instead of your human desires, those empty pleasures that keep leaving you in places you don't want to be. Through the cross, we have the chance to begin again, to start over, a chance to be reminded that God doesn't make junk. You see, God made you. God loves you. And anything more than anything else, God wants to be in a relationship with you for eternity. Don't you want that too? Let's pray together. Loving God, today as we think about what it means to live a backward life, we realize that means we need to live our lives for you and not for ourselves. We need to stop trying to do things our way and begin living like you. God, I know there's someone today in this room that is in need of a fresh start and a chance to begin again. I know there's someone here today that maybe has never given their life over to you. And God, today I pray you do something mighty in that person's life. I pray you speak directly to them and tell them how much you love them and how their sins can be forgiven, can be wiped away if they believe in you and commit their lives to you. Today is a day for us to commit or to recommit our lives to living for you and you alone. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart, in my heart.
Today, friends, as we close our time of worship, our altar rails will be open to come and to pray, and I'll be down here if you'd like to have me pray with you or you want to have a conversation about what it means to commit or recommit your life to Christ. Because, friends, God loves you, and God doesn't make junk. God made you who you are, and God wants you to be with him. So we're going to continue singing this song. I invite you to sit and pray, to stand and sing along, or to come into the altar and know that it is open. So let's close our time of worship together now. I won't.
So as we end our time of worship today, know that I'll be staying up here today if you want to come and have a conversation. If, if God is working in your heart and you're feeling something, don't leave today without talking to someone about that. God works in mysterious ways and sometimes when we don't even expect it. But I'll invite you now to stand and receive this blessing as we go from this place today. Know that you were created in the image of God and that God loves you and there is no place that God will not go in your heart or in your life to be with you. God doesn't make junk. Go in peace and know that God loves you now and forever. Amen.